Hello, spacers. Welcome to Starlight, a space opera. I'm Isaac, your host and GM for the adventures ahead. This show, whether you're watching or listening, is a labor of love, and one that we want to make the best for you. So if you can, take a moment to freely subscribe or share however is most comfortable for you. Thanks. Now let's plot a course to Starlight. Hello, Weathered Spacers, and welcome to Starlight. As many of you know, I'm Isaac Yorks, the GM of these zany adventures. I wanted to see if you knew all the ways you can connect with us. We have social media pages, like our Starlight Adventurers page on Instagram, where you can get information on upcoming things and even vote on story elements, or get your questions featured in the show. We are also on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, and Discord. Lastly, we have a super fun Patreon, Links in the show notes below. Our Patreon members get exclusive access to story information, NPC builds, story voting, and much more, like one-shot games with yours truly. If you want to get more involved in the show or give back, these are all great things to check out. All right, I'll see you soon, spacers. Hello, it's Isaac, and I have a special announcement. Special, special, special announcement. Thank you, Isaac Harmonizers. Now, a big special thanks to all who participated in our first sweepstakes to win product from our season one sponsors, Loki Battlemat. As promised, we have two winners. Dean and James. So, keep an eye out, spacers, in your email inbox for details. And to the rest of you, our dear listeners, know that we have more giveaways planned from across the galaxy throughout Season 2. And finally, we have one last announcement. Our Season 2 sponsors, The Heroes Journal, is hosting a con on October 30th, 2021, and you and all your friends are invited. There, Starla will be creating a unique special episode featuring the founders of The Heroes Journal, if you want to learn more, or if you want to even attend this con, then go to heroesjournal.co to get your tickets and learn more. It will be online on a super cool platform called Gather. And again, that will be October 30th, 2021. Now, let's get back to the action. All right, and welcome to this second prologue chapter, a continuation, if you will, of last week's. Now that you guys have gotten to know the characters, those of you who are new to the story and have not listened to season one, I'm glad that you've gotten to know a little bit about Clive, Atlas, and our newcomer, Ray, and I am excited to dive further in. So, I want everyone... To say hello, this is uh, Courtney Yorks, and I'm playing Ray Byrne. Popping on over. This is Nathan. I play Alice. On over. Sam Williams, and I play Clive Jensen. All right, guys. 
This is pretty exciting. We are opening season two. How are you guys all feeling about this? I'm stoked. Yeah, it's not I'm excited about it. I'm playing a whole different kind of character I've never played before, so I'm pretty excited about it. Would you say uh, this is very different from your personality? Oh, your, yeah. your actual personality? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it'll be a fun challenge. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see what there is. Yeah. Well, you know, enough of my yammering. Why don't we just jump in to this prologue episode of Starlight? We are going to start with the time-honored inspiration gift. Now, because at the time of us recording this, our audience has not yet heard the finale, and I would hate to put out a poll for a whole new character that they haven't met yet, we are going to start, as I think every new chapter should begin, with every one of you getting one point of inspiration. Ooh, sweet. You're going to regret that. (laughs) (laughs) Will I? Will I? I think you could have used that when you were trying to escape the dreadnought, Clive. Uh, You know, I didn't die, so I'm okay. That's true. That's true. It's just there's more than one way to break a man, and death is only one way. You were born in the dark, Clive, and there (laughs) your spirit will live. Lorded by it. The scene that we see is from the perspective of Ray. She stands quite some ways away, unseen, as the light from the C2 sheds out from the open lift on Clive grasping Atlas by the forearm. The two seem to share words um, and a quick hug that Clive just wraps his arms around him real quick and lets go. <laughs> but it's of people who have in, who have shared the experience of something extremely traumatizing. And then the two clamber into this dragon that, by all accounts, as you're looking around at what remains of the outskirts of Vindul, it is the nicest thing, basically, for quite a ways. Next to the ship, there is almost as if there by, like, providence, maybe a sign of hope. What used to be a park is all but desolated. But there is one remaining sickly tree that has lost all its leaves and has been withered away to just one branch that overhangs the top of this dragon. One little piece that holds onto life. And below it, the hope of escape. Ray, we zoom in on you and your thoughts. Ray is going to stealth up to the ship and try to sneak her way on. Go ahead for the first roll of the game. Give us a stealth roll. 21. You easily make it to the bottom of the ship. The lift is still open. You can hear the engine beginning to rev and you can hear like hoarse words being shared from within, although the noise of which is more of a murmur that you can't make out. I want to stealth on. Clive and Atlas, you guys have just been reunited. You are now have made your way into the center of the ship and you both stand there next to the hollow station. Just both of you looking more more than ragged. At this moment, Clive is still pretty silent. Everything that just happened 
and just the the relief of being of finding somebody somebody else gives him the sense of comfort first time since in a while right now clive would just be kind of observing checking out the ship seeing if there's any damages checking out him himself making sure that everything is working properly alice is mostly just stuck in his head uh, alice will look over to clive though and say i think we should go back to my family the kashin uh, they have engineers in a sense that can fix us up and at least we'll have somewhere to kind of start off i think that'll probably be our best bet considering i don't know i don't know where else we would go and doesn't seem to be anything left here plus the Kashin may or may not have some of the information you might need as of right now i lost all my equipment and i have or some questions that need to be answered yeah well any anything at this point would help considering i just lost my my one breakthrough in the uh, considering the seems like the pact was completely destroyed that was my only lead and now i've got nothing so i'm with you 100 percent atlas i think we should head to the acers and get fixed up and figure out what the hell we're gonna do from here atlas can you make a constitution saving throw for me natural 20 Clive, the only time that you notice that Atlas's tail is piercing his leg and is wrapped around it so that he can walk is as he hobbles away. And it is only because of the hobbling that you know there is not a grunt or a groan of pain. Hey, Atlas, are you, you doing okay over there? You look like you're struggling to walk just a bit. Atlas would just kind of like wave his hand back. So like, yeah, I'm fine. Oh, already. If he says so. Man, a few words, I guess. You hear Kinsworth Page's voice start to resound within kind of the main foyer room and he appears as a hologram from the wall he is dressed in a uniform of all white although the top of his head is still that flame genasi so there's some flames coming off and there's a big smile <sighs> clive and atlas <sighs> now excuse me if i <laughs> we cannot leave yet this grand game of hide-and-seek is not done yet. Moonmaker is not here. Are you kidding me? There is still so much area to triangulate over. If there is anyone who can uncover her, it's me. He's dead. If you need to, you can look through my neural link and see what I saw. Go ahead and make a persuasion roll with advantage. 12 plus nothing. 12. <laughs> The happy demeanor seems to kind of slowly etch off of Kinsworth Page's face. The smile twitches, and it almost seems like the whole body glitches for seconds. And the flame on his head begins to slowly dwindle until it finally goes out, leaving just this red, bald head. I... No. 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 No! No! 
and he falls to his knees and sinks into the hole of the ship and the lights all dim about 80 percent Ray, you hear this. And then all of the lights go down. You look around. I need you to go ahead and make a survival check as you hear the inhabitants of the ship starting to move about. Five. Your eyes look about. You You haven't been on a dragon ever. You've been on starships, but you've never been on a dragon. And you're trying to find like, like a, a smuggling hold or something. And you see two doors and you're not sure which one to pick, which one would be better, but you can hear the sound of the big man heading your way. I'm gonna go in one of the doors. So you have one that's to the right and one that's to the left. Oh boy. I'm gonna go left. Atlas, I want you to roll a die 100 okay. and your quarters will be either lower than 50 or 50 and higher. And the one that's 50 and higher will be the left, and the one that's lower than 50 will be right. 77. I am hiding under the bed with a pistol drawn. Atlas, as you come to your door, roll a perception roll. Uh, 18 plus 2, 20. So as you get to the door, you kind of cock your head a little bit. The door is ajar. And when you made your way into the ship, it was closed. Alice will push the door open. The room is a bit of a mess from the jettison, but everything is still kind of like all of your things are there as they are. You see your desk, you see some of the weights you, you've carried around with you, some of the things you've collected, your bunk down off the wall. Nothing looks amiss. Outside of that, no. The only thing that was a miss was the door. Hmm. Alice is going to use something weird, which I've never used. Due to the fact that he does have some synthetic traits, I think he can do like an infrared thing. Yes, he can. He'll use the infrared vision in the room. Your eyes turn like this kind of like orangish red. You see a light heat source, much lighter than any normal human heat source, though. You know a heat source that is synth in nature under your bed. Alice being kind of just worn out and obviously kind of stuck in his head with everything that's kind of happened. He will kind of like calmly just like lift the bed up. She's gonna shoot. This little woman pops out with a gun emblazoning, pulling the trigger. 14. It flies to the side. Atlas just kind of cocks his head just a little bit, hearing the trigger first. Looks at the, the damage to the wall behind him. And you see the woman from before, the two eyes that you wouldn't mistake being this different colored, down on the ground with the gun straight at you. Okay, Alice is just gonna try grappling her, like by the neck against the wall. So you make an athletics check Me? and okay. you make an acrobatics check. Plus seven. Nine. 16. <laughs> he doesn't look enraged. He doesn't look, he almost just looks kind of like dead. 
And he's just gonna ask her, what are you doing here and what do you want? I <coughs> can't breathe. What the hell is going on here? Who the hell are you and how did you get on my ship? <coughs> Alice will loosen up, he loosens up his grip, but he still has her against the wall. You're <coughs> strong. <coughs> I was, I was, um, uh, told to, to seek the buried man. And then if I ask for help and he refuses that I need to join him and you are the buried man and I ask if you need help and you refuse and and I you look ragged and she's looking at Clive and and that they said in your man yes you look like a man they said tell the ragged man who awaits the buried man the field of Vesper Clive make a wisdom saving throw does that ring a bell? Uh, 13. You stay rooted in the moment, but you feel like the spark of a memory being pulled forth. Similar to what had happened before, but last time where you lost yourself completely, it's like having a daydream where you're still standing on your feet and aware of both things happening at once. You see yourself standing on a field in the midst of winter. You look down, Clive. The air is cold, and Horus is next to you. You both are dressed in white paramilitary garb to, to blend in with the tundra. You both have snow packed into your mouth so that there is not a single breath that can be seen. You get down onto your knees, Clive. You pull forth this military-grade sniper rifle. Horace pulls forth binoculars and starts giving you marks. You take the sniper up and you start looking at these targets. You see orcs. It looks like some sort of warband. Mark. Two. And then you fire. <laughs> One of them goes down. Blood spattering across, leaving a crimson stain across a white wall. And this continues on for a while until finally they start realizing what's going on. And Horace calls an end to your, sh your shots, gives you the binoculars to look over, and you can see a vehicle trying to exit some sort of a compound. This vehicle is filled with quite a few troops, but one of them has an orc of great proportion. Two tusks that come up past the lips, a grayish green skin, and is wearing a fur parka. There is a tattoo of a falling star just behind the ear. And you can tell that he's not the one driving, but he's of utmost importance. A memory flashes back. Put down the resistance. The demon in white. That's who I am. The demon in white. Let me show them. Come here, General. And your fire just hits that one person right at the perfect timing so that it not only goes through his head, but the one driving. And then the memory fades. Ugh. <sighs>
uh, that that was that was weird. Who who are you, and how do you who told you to come find us? Um, I I don't really know. What do you mean you don't know? Someone gives you our pretty vague descriptions of us, but you just find us out here in the middle of nowhere. I'm not buying that. Well, take me off this planet, and I'll tell you. I don't think you're in any place to be making any sort of demands at the moment. I think I know something you don't. Mm. Atlas, what do you think? I don't trust her. I'm just going to leave this up to you, Clive. As for right now, just a snowway. Well, you appear to know something that I need to know. But I still don't trust you. If you're coming off this planet with us on my ship, you're being locked up in the back room till we get to where we're going. You know, I I don't really like people or you, so I mean, I'm fine being somewhere away from you, although I don't really like locks, so I promise to stay away from you. Yeah, well, unfortunately for you, you climbed onto the wrong ship. So like I said, if you're coming, if you're going to come off the planet with us, you're going to be locked up in the back room till we get to where we're going. And then as soon as we get there, you're leaving after you tell me what you know. Well, I'm not telling you what I know if you put a lock on the door. Well, then I'll just kick you off the ship right now. How about that? Then I'm not in the mood to play these damn games. Then you'll never know what I know. All right, whatever. Clive's going to walk out of the room. Not playing these games. I'd recommend to accept the deal. If you choose not to and decide to feed into your pride or whatever it is. Honestly, as of right now, I won't even kick you off the ship. I'll just crush your neck and then throw you into the trash disposal. The trash disposal? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm small, but not that small. Well, um, as you can see, I can probably turn you into a small enough object. Okay. Um... That's fine. Lock me away. I'll probably escape anyways. Potentially. We do actually have a pretty smart AI though on this ship. So if you do attempt to escape, you'll most likely see it, notice it. He probably even knew you were here, but obviously he's slightly distressed as of the moment. Kinda like everyone else. I accept the challenge. If you do try to betray us, it will not be just killing you at that point. As I can tell, you're not really human. I will literally rip you apart piece by piece and sell you on the market. And she smiles and says, challenge accepted. Lock me away. Copy that. Here's your room. This is like a janitor closet. Okay. <laughs> it's a dirty mop closet. Alice is going to call for 
uh, Paige. You're like, hey, Paige, are you there? The top of Paige's head comes out from the ceiling. And you can see this, like, fake, like, digital tear that falls and crashes into a million different pixels on the ground as he looks at you. I'm sorry to bother you right now, Paige. Um, as of right now, you can probably tell that we have a stowaway. If you possibly can, can you just alert us if the stowaway decides to exit the room? I will endeavor to do my best. Also, Paige, <laughs> when we get to our destination, I'd like to show you something. Okay. All right. I'll make sure that the ship's warming up for Clive to, to pilot it. And he sinks back into the ceiling. Thank you. Well, <clears throat> I think if the uh, ship looks okay to fly, uh, it appears we have everything, well, everything left anyway, in our possession. I think I'm ready to get off this rock if you are, Atlas. Yeah, I think it's time. And then Atlas will, the coordinates are for his family. So he'll put those mm -hmm. into the system. So it shows up on a small planet of Ballastar in the XR2 solar system. remnants of what was once the great pride and jewel of the universe in duel you guys begin to limp your way to the hypergate lucky enough to find that the pelagium pact in a hasty withdrawal left it operating and that gate is now guarded by members what are fra forces as well as private military from the Lagarty family in Varashta. You get the ship fueled up and to prepare a jump to Ballastar.
So after making this space look super cozy and comfortable, like she's been living in it, then she's just gonna try to break the lock without leaving the room yet. I wanna use the lock pick to break the lock. So you're going to roll a die 20 and you're gonna add your dexterity modifier plus your proficiency bonus. That would be a 12. You give it a try. The lock seems very wow. difficult. It's very hard to, to move. Feel the snap of one of your tools. <sighs> you settle back in. I will send my pet mouse out for some food. It looks at you. <laughs> Go ahead and make a biology check as you try to impress upon it what you've been- 21. The mouse slips under the bottom of this ore and its butt barely fits through. <laughs> and then it disappears. <laughs> Much later, your mouse returns with a single chip ration and drops it off at your feet and can, starts eating part of it. Thank you, Calcifer. Hey, a lot's happened. Uh, I'm on my way, also with a comrade and a stowaway. Uh, when we get there, if we can have a, another engineer look at uh, my one of the new comrades that I have, because he's been badly injured. And also if you could check me, and then also I need new gear. Uh, try to make sure that Isabella and Jonah are not in the area. And then that message saves to send with a. And with that, we close out this second half of this prologue chapter as we move into season two proper. So thank you for joining us, Spacers, and we're excited for your, to share in the action next week. All right, see you soon. There's going to be major effects of 58 days of solitary confinement. Thank you for listening to this episode of Starlight. If you enjoyed this, Please like, share, subscribe. For early releases, exclusive RPG content, and other bonus material, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash starlightadventures. And to reach us for questions to be aired, email us at thestarlightadventures at gmail.com. See you next Tuesday, spacers.